Welcome back to this week's episode of Cover Zero. We are going to continue with our preseason breakdowns. This week, we will be covering the AFC North. And we have a special guest today with us. Eric, how you doing? Good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. Definitely glad you could be here. And then I'm also here with Josiah and Jordan. How are you guys as well? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. A couple more weeks of the season. Yeah. Gotta be excited. I mean, it's it's the preseason is is somewhat of a tease to me. I start watching it, then I start like, why do I keep running this formation out of twelve? Oh yeah, it's preseason. That's why. So right. I, I need I need the kickoffs and I need these games to really matter because I'm itching for some ball and can't wait till we get into it. Definitely. So in regular fashion, we are going to start with the bottom team finish from last season and then move our way to the top. Um, And then as we cover each team, we will be going over just a brief review of their last year's season. Um, And then we'll be going into offseason, free agency and draft picks, what we think were good ads, losses, that sort of thing. And then we'll move on to the 2022 season previews and where we see them finishing. Um, So that leaves us, which was actually, I guess, shocking to all of us. The, (laughs) the bottom team Ravens who finished eight and nine. And I mean, given, you know, preseason, they started off with ACL injuries and that just kind of carried on throughout the season. It was just really unlucky. Um, and unfortunate to see because I know that we had high hopes for them. Um, so I'm wondering, Josiah, give us a little uh, review of what happened last season and, you know, where you think things might have gone wrong outside of injuries. Well, obviously injuries included. Um, and then your off season and just your previews for the upcoming season. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, when you go back and look at the Ravens, you know, everything from last year, they, the injuries really derailed them, man. I mean, you know, and, and every year, you know, I was just talking to a few Ravens fans, you know, a good homie of mine is a Ravens fan. And, you know, they, they like you said, Brandy, they seem to always start off with like crazy injuries, you know, in preseason, you know, or in training camp or whatever it is, you know, and it, and it'd be to, to key players, you know, it sucks when it happened to any player just in general, you know, any athlete, you know, or just anybody in general, you know, but, you know, when it happens to a, you know, a main superstar to a player like that, man, it really can derail your team. And we've seen that happen with the Ravens, and it seems to happen every single year. This year here, they lost Lamar Jackson. You know, he was out for, what is it, about five games. You know, they lost, I think it was six in a row, the last six. And that's really what what really caused them to miss the playoffs. You know, they was trying their best to really do everything they could, but you know, the injuries really, you know, prevented the players from coming back, and especially Lamar. I mean, we, we know what he's about and and what he's able to do. Hopefully, they're able to get him signed to a, you know, a contract. You've seen what he just said, you know, obviously the contract talks stopped before week one. So hopefully they're able to get some gun, something done. I don't see him going anywhere. You know, I mean, that to me, it'll be crazy to see him, you know, uh, play for another team. I just don't see it happening. But, I mean, you know, things – I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. So, I mean, you know, hopefully they're able to really lock him up, you know, before the season starts. That way they get – you know, they get their leader out the way, their captain. You know, because let's just – I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson is, what, former MVP, all pro, pro bowler just about every year, I think outside of his first year. 
they make the playoffs every year outside of what, one year, I think it, it, this year. This is last you know? year, yeah. So, yeah, you know, so, I mean, you know, he, he definitely, there's some things he has to work on, you know, or whatnot, his, his accuracy a little bit, but you can blame that on the weapons. You can blame that on offensive line. The offensive line, they improved on the weapons. Not so much, in my opinion. You know, they all, they all, they, to, in my opinion, actually got weaker, you know, by trading away Marquise Brown. Not that he was a true number one or anything like that, but he was just a weapon that Lamar was used to throwing to, you know, and you get rid of him and you, you, you're hoping for these, these, uh, these young players that are, you know, in their second year or, you know, you just hope that they're able to really, you know, not only just stay on the field, but really build that chemistry with Lamar, you know, and hopefully that helps that passing game and, and, you know, it helps out. And when you think about, so that's just as far as like the news wise with Lamar, I mean, that we, we, I think we, we know what's going on. It's just a little breakdown of that. I talked about losing Marquise Brown, you know, to, and they got to get, you know, it's crazy. One thing I will say not to make this, you know, too long or whatever. It is crazy how they got a first round pick for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't think he was worth a, a first round pick, but Arizona was willing to give that up. You know, um, I think, I think it's a win for for the Ravens for sure. You know, uh, I, I think that's a win for them, just on the strength of getting a first round pick. You know, and and adding more talent to that team in general. You know, uh, is it, yeah, as far as you know, uh, uh, receiving you know the first round and, and trading away players or whatever. Um, and then obviously, you know, they lost Bradley Bozeman, who I thought was a solid center, solid center, you know, Deshaun Elliott, who, you know, he's not the best safety, but I like Deshaun Elliott, man. He was a hard hitter. He was somebody that you could, you know, you could really drop down in, 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 in the box and really like, you know, lay the hat on players. And, you know, Raven, Raven defensive players, you think of the Ravens, you think of the defense, you know, you think of hard hitting, you think of smart defense, you think of scheme wise, all of that. And, not that he had all of those traits, but he was somebody that t- kind of like really fit that mold of being a Raven. And now he's over there with the Lions. You know, obviously Sammy uh, Watkins, you know, was only there for a year. And then a few other players, Anthony Avery, who I'm sure they're probably kind of ready to get rid of. He wasn't too good over there who came to our, our Raiders, Jordan. And then obviously you look at the ads, you know, uh, from Marcus Williams, who I thought was a great ad. <clears throat> That makes up for Deshaun Elliott, who I think is a better player. You look at Kyle Fuller, who I think is a solid QB or QB, CB cornerback. And then, you know, Michael Pierce. And, you know, my favorite one, one of my favorite picks that they picked up in free agency is Morgan Moses, you know, the right tackle. I think that was a, a true need. I mean, he's played solid last year. He had a good season last year. I think that was a really good pickup, you know. And then you look through the draft and and, and who they gathered in the draft. I think they just got really good value on these picks here, man. You look at Kyle Hamilton, who was the best safety. Most people had him as the best safety. I thought he was. I think he dropped a little bit just off the, you know, because of the whole, uh, you know, the the, the running a four five or whatever. No, no, he ran like a four seven eight. Was it four seven? Four seven eight, and then he ran another one later at his pro day, and they always take the best one. Then he ran another one at his pro day at like a four eight. And they asked him if he wanted to do it again, like to, you know, hey, he's like, you slip up, whatever, get out the blocks late. He's like, no, I'm good. So, <laughs> you know, because oh, okay. <laughs> he plays way faster than that. Bro. Yeah, he, yeah, it, exactly. 100%. Right, bro. I think he's, he's faster, bro. I, I just think, you know, game speed is a lot different from 40 time. And I think, and even with him denying, I didn't even know that, bro. That's, that's, that's good knowledge. I'm like, I didn't even know that. 
that he actually said no, he didn't want to, you know, do it again. But that's probably just a little bit of loss of confidence, a little bit, you know, um, and then not want to hurt his stock too much because I think he did hurt it a little bit. I think he did, but he went to the right team. I think that's what really matters. He obviously still went high in the first round. So that was a great pickup for them. And then you look at Tyler Lindenbaum, who most people had as the best center coming out. You know, I think that's a great pickup. Obviously, we just I just mentioned how they lost Bradley Bozeman. So that was a great pickup for them. You know, David Ajabo, who I think is going to be pretty, pretty good over there. Uh, I like the, the coaching hire that they had. Uh, they just hired Rob Leonard. You know, he's a he was a linebackers coach over there in Miami. You know, and he really had those linebackers playing. And Jordan, you know, we all talked, Brandon, we all talked about how, you know, those those linebacker blitzes over there in Miami, mm-hmm. how Brian Flores was running that over there. He was a big part of that as well. He helped develop those linebackers. And I think that helps really bringing him over, over here to, to the Ravens, you know, really helped develop some of those linebackers and, and get some good guys over there that can, you know, do some different things and really rush the passer, you know. So I, I think, you know, that combination there worked. So I really like what the Ravens has done, man, to be honest with you. I mean, last year, like I said, the injuries really derailed them. This is still a tough division. You know, there's one team that obviously we're going to talk about after this who I think is is going to be the worst team. I think this team will improve, you know, especially if the weapons, you know, uh, happen to play better than, you know, than, than what we think. <clears throat> and when I say that, I say like, well, I think they're going to play good, but I think they're going to play even better than what I think. You know, like I think they'll be serviceable. And I think the run game is going to be better. You know, you got J.K. Dobbins coming back. Who I like now. He tore his ACL. You know, I, th- I still think running the ball, you know, mixing it up with, with Lamar and the play action and stuff, I think that's going to be the mainstay. But if these weapons, these wide receivers could really turn out to be, you know, ballers, then they can, they, they can be even better, you know. So, you know, they won eight and nine. They went eight and nine last year. I got them going 11 and six this year. You know, so Ooh, you'd like one probably, and a half games over the projected. They're betting uh betting lines at nine point five right now. I think there might be a lot of people taking that over though. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Cause I mean we all know health. Health is what really, you know, sold them up. So yeah, that's that's my breakdown of them, man. I think they're gonna be a lot better this year. Yeah, that team, man, uh what was it? Ended the season, league high nineteen players on IR. That was the most they had. They even started the season off. J.K. Dobbins went down. L.J. Porter went down. Gus Edwards went down. Marcus Peters went down. And this is before training camp was even done. So then you through the season, it was Ronnie Stanley and then Marlon Humphrey and Deshaun Elliott. Like you were talking about, Jay, one of those guys over there, Derek Wolf, and then Lamar after like the last five games. So, I mean, it was just almost like there was the deck was stacked against them if they were going to want to compete in a tough division such as this one. Uh, you went over a lot of the ads that are really noteworthy. Uh, to kind of piggyback on what we were all saying in agreement, you had brought it up, Eric, as far as like Kyle Hamilton's like playing speed and game speed. And I think that's something that really points to how safeties can function in the NFL. When your eyes are quicker than the average player, or when you are able to diagnose a play quicker, that especially at a reactionary position like safety, you are able to then trigger quicker, thus making you play faster, right? So that 40 time doesn't necessarily come into play the same way when you know where you're going to run before most other players do at your position as a, as a safety prospect coming out like Kyle Hamilton was. So especially to right. pick him up where they did, I mean, you can have three safety packages with the newly acquired Marcus Williams from New Orleans, who's more of a free safety, single high, center fielder type. You can then drop Chuck Clark, cover tight ends and linebackers, and then just kind of use 
Kyle Hamilton just as like a move piece, like, you know, just kind of someone that's going to be all over the, the field doing different roles on different plays. And since there's not a lot of tape on him and his body type is very big along with his whole athletic profile, I think you got something there. The ad of Tyler Linder, the draft Tyler Linderbaum, like you said, Jay, is a lot of people's favorite center coming out. I think that the drafting of Tyler Linderbaum is going to – has the potential, and I really think this – one thing I'm going to look at, I think it's going to change how this Greg Roman run game looks. And they're mainly, they've mainly been like a power and a gap scheme run team under right. Roman. That's what he likes to do a lot. Use Gus as, you know, your battering ram. And then, you know, pull Lamar outside or maybe put the running back outside using counter bash reads and things like that. But now I think with Linderbaum, we might see a lot more outside zones, might see even plays where you can use Tyler Linderbaum on like jet sweeps to pull him on the outside. Maybe just things on like toss crack on the outside, really get the whole run game out on the edge. And I think where a lot of that stemmed from is if you watch a lot of Philly's run game. And just how they were able to turn that around throughout, like, what was it, the midway point of the season, Nick Sariani? Yeah, said, I'm going to run. And you're able to do different things on the edge and on the perimeter in the run game when you have an athletic center. And if you look at Jason Kelsey, that's exactly what Philly did. And I think there was some type of thought behind that with the Ravens in acquiring Tyler Linderbaum. And that's going to be something I'm really looking out for. So, yeah, definitely love that ad. And just the receiving core. There's a lot to be asked. There's a lot to be, like, I guess, wanted still in, over there in Baltimore. Like you said, Josiah, getting rid of Marquise Brown, he wasn't the number one. But when you have speed like that and just a player who is able to take the top off and the defense has to account for at all levels, that's going to help other portions of your passing game. Granted, they still do have Mark Andrews, who was all pro tight end last year, first team, rightfully so. Dude gets it done in the run game. Dude gets it done. And last year, throughout all the different quarterbacks they used, Josh Johnson, Tyler Huntley, using Lamar, Mark, not Mark Andrews, but using uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously, he was quarterback proof. It didn't matter who was back there under center. Mark Andrews was still producing in both facets of the game. So going to really pay attention to see if he and Rashad Bateman, who we liked coming out of Minnesota uh, when, he was, when he was a rook, we'll see if he can, as a more focal point of this offense, really generate a lot. And so also they're going to get back J.K. Dobbins to that backfield too. So that's that's really those are those are some key ads on the offensive side of the ball. But apart from who we mentioned on the defensive side of the ball, it's just the last area I want to touch on. Kyle Fuller, the corner that they acquired from Denver. This is really going to allow them to to get back to what they want to do on defense more than what they had to do. Because last year, just with all those injuries, they were forced to put Marlon in the slot almost every single play. And Marlon Humphrey can play very well out of the slot. He's very, very good when he has a two way go and being able to deal with all the things that you have to deal with as a slot in the NFL. But now you don't necessarily have to put him there. You could maybe look to put Kyle Fuller there. His body type might suggest it more. You could change it up and rotate him and Marlon there. But then there's also the other question of Kyle Fuller, who normally plays as a left corner. Is that going to then push Marcus Peters to the outside? Like there's just a bunch of different pieces that you have on this defense that I want to see how they're used, especially under Mike McDonald with his first year as a defensive coordinator since Wink Martindale is now with the, with the Giants. So a lot that I'm really looking forward to pay attention to for this team. Uh, and the one thing I don't think we're going to see, unfortunately, is Greg Roman adapt his passing game. I just really wish, wish that he would because the Ravens through the air as it's gone late in the season and we get into the postseason, his passing concepts just leave so much on the table. 
I mean, they don't even use check downs. Like he doesn't even have a check down. He said it before himself. Lamar running is my check down. Like if you just were to just to have to have <laughs> another threat in the flat or something like that, when you have a, right. such a dynamic passer back there, like Lamar, that's going to open up so much more for the offense. And unfortunately he's just going to stick to his same old bread and butter there and maybe look to just adapt in the run game because that's where he tends to shift his focus to a little too much for my liking, but yeah, definitely going to be a better season for them. Health permitted, of course, had a losing record last year. The 9.5 projected wins, I think they clear it, but I only have this team getting about 10, which, I mean, one less than 11. But yeah, 10-win team this year, coming in at 10-7. and seven, I do think that when it's all said and done, they're going to be fighting for one of those last playoff uh, wildcard spots, and it's going to be a murderous row as to who gets it. And I'll probably bet that the Ravens are one of those teams that pulls away with a wildcard spot. Give me 10 wins for them uh in in 2022 eric what are your thoughts on the ravens the ravens it's going to be interesting to see firstly what happens with lamar jackson i am of the thought process that uh i feel like you know a lot of people are against what he's doing representing himself and it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out i kind of like it it's kind of fresh kind of new kind of different a high profile player uh making the decision to represent himself. I don't know if it's smart or crazy that he's doing it and gambling on himself. And, you know, once the season starts, they say the the, the contract talks are going to stop. I don't know. But if I, I think that if he, if he maintains his health throughout the season, he's the big winner in all of this. You know, he'll end up being the highest paid uh, quarterback by far, or he'll be playing somebody somewhere else next year for a lot of money. So I, I think he, he he's betting on himself, and he, he's going to be the big winner in this deal, especially if the Ravens have, have a good season to make the playoffs. I agree. Could anybody see him playing anywhere else than Baltimore? I can't, bro. That's why I said it. I can't see him going. No, I can't see him playing. No, it jerk. would be really weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, it would take a, it would take a while to get used to too. Like I would be like, what am I watching? Yep. Is this the Twilight yeah. Zone? Like, what's happening? Did I miss something? <laughs> they structured that whole entire offense from Greg Roman being your coordinator. The only reason you're bringing in Greg Roman as a coordinator is if you want to get real Lamar, deep no? with yeah with the quarterback run game. That's the mm-hmm. only reason why. It ain't for his non-checkdown passing concepts. We just gonna yeah, what are we gonna run? Why cross ninety three times a game? Like I don't. I mean, it. it just, There's no way he goes anywhere else, bro. There's just it no can't. It, it's, it's like you what's what? that? Uh, the uh, it's that. What's that song? Uh, it's a Smashing Pumpkins song. I I can't move on because I built my life around you. Mm. <laughs> that's the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that no, that's a fact, bro. That, I mean, and I'm gonna be honest though. I, I think it's more. I think that I think that's more for the Ravens than it is Lamar. Because I think if he went somewhere else. It would be strange to us as fans, but I think he's talented enough to really be successful at another franchise. I think he could. Oh, for sure. But he could be successful. It's just the Ravens would. They'd be in trouble. They got to move on from him and they got to move on from so much else. Yeah, they'll have to restart. Nobody would even. I mean, they talk about now. Sometimes, you know, you hear people, oh, wide receivers and players don't want to go there. He don't throw the right, you know, whatever. But no, they would really not want to be. There's players that, that would want to leave if Lamar's not there. Just because on a, I mean, you don't, at that point, you're unsure now what your future is going to hold. So you got to restart. Yeah. Eric, how many wins do you think uh, the Ravens have this year? 
man, I'm I'm gonna say nine. Mm, right below I, the. Over. I think they lose. I think they lose to Cincinnati twice. Mm. I think they lose to the Steelers once. You know, just in in the division, I I think they I think they end up with nine wins. Okay. True Steelers fan, that rivalry is that rivalry. You hear it. <laughs> hey, it's one of the best to me. It's oh, I love it. It's, it's unreal. I love it. It was the best few years, but it's definitely one of the best still. Oh, for sure. Brandy, what about you? Okay, so <laughs> I feel like this is a new year. So I feel like I always put them really high. 13. And then I'm disappointed. No. And then I'm disappointed. So this year I'm going to lowball them, hoping I jinx it and they do a little more. And I actually have them as well at nine and eight. Really? Nine wins. Look, I told you I need to see the consistency. And here's my thing. Lamar Jackson was out those five games, Mm -hmm. but they weren't really getting smashed like they those were games that they still could have produced wins on Mm -hmm. and i think that's what bothered me the most was like yes he's out but you're in this game still win it like so for me what i want to see from them again is that consistency and obviously i'm not taking into account the injuries because you can't be like be consistent when you're losing guys left and right but right right when you're on the field and you're in a game and you have the chance to win it, I need to see them pull through with those, especially against their division. So I'm going to lowball them and um, hopefully they'll come out with one or two more wins than I just said. Okay. We're all, we're all at like different, like well, we got two nines, a 10 and an 11. I yeah, like it. I like that- it. When you guys were saying that, I was like, Yeesh, I'm about to be so low. <laughs> well, no, you and Eric agree. Y'all both, y'all both at nine. I'm the yeah. highest. Yeah. 11 is lofty. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because I, I just feel like because I'm hoping, obviously, you know, like Brandy said, I mean, you just never know what injuries, you know. So hopefully, so far, so good. They, you know, it hasn't been too crazy over there with injuries. So if right. they can stay healthy, and I'm my thing is I'm just relying on these wet I'm, I'm relying on these weapons on these wide receivers you know I that's that's my thing because I really like what they did in the offseason I like who they've gained in, in with the coaching staff on defense I like who they who they've added you know on defense and offense when it comes down to uh, uh, the offensive side of the ball from the offensive line and then the secondary players. I mean, I like it to me and draft wise too. Draft wise, they had oh, to yeah. me the second, third best draft. Yeah, so they, I they got that. They yeah, have that draft. big dude in the draft. They got uh what's his face? Um the dude out of Minnesota, Daniel Falele. Yeah, they got him like, who I really another tackle, tackle. Another tackle that can really take over biggest player for Morgan Moses, drafted, bro. Yeah. Just yeah. get him who I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I yeah, mean, we'll see. Sure. He's he is a behemoth of. A, see, he could play behind. You know, the good thing with that, bro, he could play behind. He can actually just sit this year. Oh, yeah, come no, in every starting. now and then. Start packages. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, he's not starting over Morgan. But I'm just saying, like it as good as he is, you know, I think that he he could probably start on another team. 
But because they're playing, you know, they have a solid offensive line now. They got some veterans there mixed with some rookie players. I think that he could come in and fit, but because they, they're, they're good enough there, he can actually sit and learn, and that, that builds him up for next year. You know, I, I don't know. I, I really like what they've done, man, and I'm, I'm relying on Lamar to really improve because that's, that's another thing. Like I said, he, he, he has to improve too. I can't just say it's all right. the weapons, yeah. and this, and that. I mean, he has to improve on some of his things too. So, yeah, you know. For sure. Agreed. Is it kickoff yet? Because I want to see. Damn. Right, right, right. I know. Thursday, We're man. getting like, closer, guys. We're getting closer. Okay, let's move on to these Browns. Again, finished third, eight and nine. I don't have a lot to say about them, to be honest. Um, I'm actually going to pass this to Jordan. Give us what happened last year. What do you like and dislike about the offseason? And where do you see them in the upcoming? So to start it off, 2021, they came in third. They actually low-key, I mean, five pro brawlers, three all pros. Offensive line took up two of those. As I've said a long time on this show, best guard tandem in the NFL, hands down. Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, back into the Pro Bowl. And, of course, Miles Garrett on the defensive side. The only playoff team that they beat, oddly enough, last year were the Bengals, and they somehow beat them twice. But every other team that they got wins against was not a playoff representative last year. Um, though still, underneath St- uh, Kevin Stefanski, his run schemes I do like a lot. There's, they're pretty dope. Yeah. He's, I mean, top four in rush yards per game, top five in first downs that they gained on the ground, tied for first in yards per attempt. I just it's this, you know, that run game just continues to click. You get Kevin Stefanski in the way he's able to use those outside zones and the players that they have behind that offensive line. Again, uh, I think Eric, even me and you talked about this. I know Jay and I have talked about this plenty of times on the show. As much of as good of a pure runner as Nick Chubb is, he is just oh man, it's chef's kiss watching that dude press <laughs> press cut back. Just he's got everything you want in a runner. Everything you want. Uh, but mainly that was, you know, they just didn't have enough from the quarterback angle in 2021. And that's what led them to go acquire somebody like Deshaun Creepo Watson. So we'll, we'll have a lot to play out with his situation as, as of course, but this is pretty much the same coaching staff that has been there. You know, for the last, this is the third season of it. Kevin Stefanski, a head coach, Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator, Joe Woods commanding the defense, Bill Callahan working with those beasts on the offensive line. As far as players and free agency that were gained and were lost, of course, Baker Mayfield's gone, but, you know, it, it, that writing was on the wall that he was not going to get his fifth year. The one that kind of surprised me, but I understand it because of who they have to pay out on the defense is J.C. Treader, their center, who is still a free agency, and I mainly think that's because he doesn't want to come back during camp with being a veteran. He'll, of course, get picked up by some team when the time is right. They also lost Jarvis Landry. He ended up going over to the Saints. Goes home over there to LSU. Austin Hooper as the tight end. He's gone as well. They lost Troy Hill, who went back to the Rams after a one-year rental, playing some slot corner for them. And then really the additions, the one that just jumps out is Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. Like, it still sounds weird to say Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. Like, that's just – I wouldn't have seen that coming. So you mean to tell me Amari Cooper goes for a fifth, and Hollywood Brown go for a first. 
like these two things are not alike. <laughs> and who's better? Amari Cooper's hands yeah. down a better wide receiver. So what are we, For sure. what are we talking about here? Well, you got you got a guy who's a speed threat, right? And then you got a complete like one of the top route Please. runners in the game. You know what I mean? And when if you were to like paint some type of you know negative on Amari's game, is he can get stretches of the drops, but so can Hollywood Brown. Like <laughs> we've seen this. I don't know. It just baffles me still to this day. It still does. Uh, the Deshaun Watson situation right now, U.S. District U.S. District Judge Sue Robinson has issued a six-game suspension for him for violating, you know, conduct policy is what they're calling it underneath all that shit he did with all those masseuses. Like, that's that's some just some foul stuff. And then to be paying this man $200 million plus for after all of that, we still don't at this juncture know how many games he's going to play or not play because the NFL is appealing the six-game suspension. So... As we record this on the 16th of August, the show is set to drop sometime later on, later on in the week. There could be a new development. But as we record this right now, we still do not know how much he's going to play. And to acquire him, they had to deal away a lot of draft capital. So that left their draft kind of a little bit thin. There's two picks. Really, only the guys that I actually watched were David Bell, their slot receiver that they got coming out of Purdue, who I actually okay. for. Yeah, he's cool. He Like, he might have been like. You know, they got him in the third round, 99th overall. That's not too high. I had him maybe as a fourth round mm-hmm. dude, but nonetheless, you know, same day. But I think to fit in this system, mm-hmm. that makes a little bit more sense. Kevin Stefanski's passing offense, a lot of times what you're going to see off of those play actions is a lot of flood concepts, three-level reads, strong side, weak side. And David Bell's skill set, just he's going to function so well in those intermediate areas on different flood patterns. So I really like how he's just going to fit in there. And he's basically just a bigger bigger bodied version of what Jarvis Landry was. So right. going to be really dope to see how he fits in there. And then Perrion Winfrey, the DT out of Oklahoma. I think he's going to get some time to, as like a third down rusher. He's a little bit light to play maybe in like the dead middle, like over the, over the course of time, but like, you know, the full game, but like you could bring this dude in as an interior rusher. He can offer you some, some production there, especially getting him in the fourth round. And then Kate York that this, Look, it's it's been a long time since we have seen kicker prospects that look as promising as him. And to just go ahead and pick up a guy like that, I just want to see how he ends up panning out. You know, and that's just just another really cool find right there. But yeah, other than that, not too many draft picks at that, that I was really highlighting. As far as uh in 2022, really, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a quarterback that you know exactly what you're getting from him. He's not the worst quarterback in the league, but he's not a good one. He is, he is a perfect back. And when you have to rely on him for a whole course of the season, which they may, that isn't the recipe for success and what's a really tough division. So right. this it's really going to hinge on that quarterback spot. And let's say Deshaun Watson does come back. We haven't seen this guy play football for a long time. Is he the same guy? He's playing in a new area. He's playing with a new team. He's going, he's in a space where it's, it could be tough to operate. We even saw outside pressures rattle one of the most confident all-time individual athletes in Tiger Woods for a long time after he came back from some off-the-field turmoil that he was dealing with personally. So each person is their own individual. How Deshaun does respond to that whenever he returns to the field remains to be seen. So there's not even an over-under right now on this team's win total for 2022. So when he comes back or maybe when we get some more clarity, that tends to reveal itself too. But if I were to pick a number right now, I mean... I guess I I guess I'll give two. If we see Jacoby for the remainder of this season, this team is dead last in this division, and I don't think that's close. 
Jacoby Bichette, he just he holds the ball too freaking long. It's going to make this offensive line look even worse. But I mean, that's that's one area of it. Um, and the run game's still going to work pretty well. So with that, Kevin, Steph- I mean, just I love the way he runs away from safety rotation on so many plays. It's like he has a crystal right. ball the way he does it. It's so dope. But so I guess if if it, if it is Brissett, let me say last place in the division with this is six cool. wins. Okay, six okay. wins with Brissett. Uh, okay. If we do get Deshaun, granted, just um, you know, who knows what he's going to be like. But I'll say that if they do have him, this team will go nine and eight. If it's Deshaun, if they got, if they got who? Deshaun. Watson. Watson. Okay. If if he comes, let's say it stays at the six games, the appeal doesn't hold up. Okay, Jacob, Jacoby can win. Let's see through any six Panthers, the Jets. Those are winnable games with Jacoby Brissett, right? And then you got the Falcons. That's a winnable game, but maybe not. And the Chargers, I think they would drop that. Patriots will have something for Jacoby. And then Steelers, Ravens. You know, that's not looking too. So I say he could maybe win two or three of those. Maybe, right? Two. Let's call it two. And then if Deshaun comes in, then I think, yeah, Deshaun could then pull out probably seven out of the remaining games that are left on the schedule. Combined with Rust, new team, outside pressures. So a Jacoby-led team, six. Deshaun comes in with the suspension sitting where it is. Give me nine. Uh, Josiah, we'll swing it to you. Uh, what's your outlook for this team? Man, I mean, you brought up some really good points, bro. Uh, you know, obviously, all the, the we're going to start. I can go ahead and start with the losses here. You brought up Jarvis. You know, that was a big loss. Uh, Baker being the biggest loss, I think, at this point. You know, for a lot of reasons, really knowing the system. I mean, he's obviously we know he's not as talented as Deshaun Watson, but I just feel like because, you know, it's so much going on with Deshaun Watson. You just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that. I mean, he may miss six games. Even if he missed six, I think that's just, that's going to really, that's going to hurt this team. You know, and then obviously if he miss a year or even more, that's really going to hurt this team when you could have just stuck with somebody like Baker, you know, and 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 went at least probably to the playoffs. <laughs> You know, I mean, because I mean, this this team has made it there before, you know. So I mean, obviously that's a big loss, you know. And then some of the other players. I think you brought up Mac Wilson. Did you bring up Mac Wilson, the linebacker that went to the Patriots? I think that's a good game for them. Oh no, I didn't bring up Mac Wilson. Oh, okay, that's a good that's a good game for them. They just lost their they just lost linebacker over there, Austin Hooper, who didn't live up to the hype over there. And now he's with the Titans. But, yeah, this all surrounds in the ads. We, we talked about Amari Cooper. You're right, Jordan. I mean, that, you know, fifth-round pick, especially after what, you know, our Raiders got rid of him for, you know, first-round pick, and now he goes, you know, for a fifth round. I, I just feel like they, they man, they lost. They, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like the Browns won that one. Dallas lost big time. I mean, there's just – I don't know how, you know, Brown and all these different wide receivers – when you got Amari Cooper, somebody that's a top five route runner, you know, and he's a pretty solid catcher. He's not somebody that really drops the ball like that. I mean, sometimes he can be inconsistent. Sometimes he's, you know, could be a little injury. It's like if he bit. does, they come in stretches, but then he cleans it up and then he won't. For then he cleans it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Weird. They like exactly. come in bunches. So I, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. I think the Browns won on that, you know. Uh, oh, for sure. So that's a good pickup. Yeah, they, they won. Dallas, Dallas lost on that. All Just period. From giving up a first round to only, you know, getting a fifth round for him, I just think it makes them the ultimate losers for sure on that one. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett, you brought him up. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, you know, he's not he's he's not the 
the, the worst QB in the league, but he's not that good. I like how you said that. He's not the worst, but he's not good. <laughs> so he's, he's just really like there. Like he's just, I mean, because he, you know, you, you, you're looking at him. He's somebody where I feel like if QB's going to miss two or three games, you feel good. You're like, okay, we got Jacoby Brissett. He probably could pull out a, a game, maybe two out of that, you know. And it just depends, too, how your, your offense is ran. You know, I know you you brought up a good point with Kevin Stefanski. I think we're fans of him on this on this show. You know, we probably don't talk about him enough, but I also like his run schemes. I like the way he runs the ball. He comes from Minnesota. I mean, they ran the ball a lot over there with Mike Zimmer, you know, and, you know, he came up with a lot of those concepts. But the problem is I don't know if it's really going to work like that now because they – the passing game. I mean, I you know, if the, the passing game don't really work that well. We're in week four, five. You know, and we're seeing that, you know, because you know what Kevin wants to do. If that passing game is not working well and Deshaun is gone for the year or whatever it is, I don't think they're going to really be able to run the ball that well, you know, which which may lead to them losing less games, you know. So I think, you know, even with their strength is going to struggle a little bit, you know. It may come to a point where they may even miss Baker, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I know Deshaun's going to be coming back. You know, if he, if he misses a year, he'll be coming back. It's To me right now, I don't see how he doesn't miss a year. Yeah. I don't even know how he got only six games. That's to me, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, I so we'll we'll see what the league with Roger Cadell can what what he can do. But I, I just feel like that's six games. And then I heard they was gonna fight that. It shouldn't even be six games. Yeah, so, they yeah, they've already ripped it. NFL is gonna make it a year. I think so. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. As they they're should gonna make it you a know? year. They're gonna call it indefinite and they're gonna make it a year. That's my that's my guess. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I gotta agree with you, bro. I gotta agree with you. They 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 have to at this point because look how bad they would look. I mean, yeah. if, if they, you know what I mean? How bad would they look if they cannot make? They have to make it a year, in my opinion. Just for like time's sake, like you gotta let time. Like it's it's nothing gonna make what he did right, but you can't just have this dude just doing this out there making money, and then if they make it a year, like they may even do it next year, like because that's when his money comes in too, right? He's only supposed to make like a little bit. It, on that contract, it's supposed to make more next season. So I mean, it could even go beyond a year. Like it's who knows right now. No, you're you're right, bro. And that's the point. Who knows? And all that money they they gave to him, I just feel like they should have did they research a little bit more. You you look at it and you. I know they'll probably say, oh, we, we did. We didn't expect. You should have went. You should have dug deeper. You know, because I don't understand how you know you can give a a Q, any player that much money and it's just so much uncertainty. It's been uncertainty with him for a while, for a whole year. So I don't yeah. understand how you give that much guarantee, that much money. He's got more guaranteed than a QB, Kyler Murray, who just got paid. And I know he's got an issue with watching tape, but I mean, I, it's just to me that's that's just I don't know. To me, that's just that's crazy. That's crazy. So I mean, that, this this may really hurt this. This may set them back. Right now, you look at the team, you say, okay, they got some good pieces. Deshaun come back, you know. But in the long run, he's going to get booed. Does he really even know the offense like that? He's been off for a year. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't even know. Even if he comes to say it only gets six games. Say it doesn't work out the way. Roger Gillen, I don't see that happening. But say he comes back. Is he really going to be I – mean, is he going to be ready to face the fans and all the players are going to be ready to go after him? Because that's what's gonna happen. A lot of a lot of people feel the way we feel. So I don't even know if he's gonna really be able to to to, to really endure all of that. I I don't know. I, I just think 
and I'm looking at my wins and losses, I'm ready to I'm I, I gotta lower that what I got. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't got them winning too many games, but you know, I gotta lower that just just going off of everything that I'm saying. Just I don't know, it just I don't know. But anyway, I will say I got them coming in last for sure. Yeah. You know, you look at the draft, the draft obviously, you know, Jordan, you you brought up the, the, the player, the player that I like the most, you know, David Bell to produce. You know, uh, I think he's really – he's one of those players where he's really – he's durable. You know, he's played 26 out of 29 games. You know, he's really reliable. He's a big body, uh, Jordan, like you said, a big body wide receiver. He's produced. He's a productive wide receiver is what you want to see, you know. And that's one of my favorite picks. Obviously, uh, Winfrey, the, the, the defensive lineman that they picked up as well, that's a really good pickup. You know, so they 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 got a couple good pickups over there. I think they're free agents. I think they, obviously they hit more in the free agents than they did the draft, in, in my opinion. The players that they pick, you know, uh, but this all comes back around to Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, this this everything is really surrounded around him and what happened. How bad is this team affected? How long is he going to be missing? If he comes back again, going back to effectiveness. Is this team ready for? I mean, is there a player? There may be some players that might not even want to be on the team. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just at this point, we get some players like that too. We're getting players that seem like that don't really want to be there. Uh, they're not saying why. I mean, they want to be traded or whatever it is. I don't know. This, this to me, and all these issues and 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 question marks for a team for in in a conference that's really strong. They mess around and 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 be really the big disappointment going into to 2022, you know, because after what happened, you would think like, okay, this team is, you know, they they got a problem with Baker. Okay, maybe they can improve there somehow. Who can they go get, you know? And obviously Deshaun's always the name, right? We've heard Russell Wilson, we've heard different QBs and stuff like that, but you know, Deshaun Watson's been one of those names that was kind of like the bigger question mark. Hey, I mean, he really can go anywhere. You know, I don't know if Russell really would have went there. You know, so here we are, and now they've signed him to a way bigger contract. We, I think we talked about it on the show. The contract was too big to start with because we didn't even know what we, – we didn't know the details of We thought I, – I know we all thought that, you know, maybe they knew something we didn't. But here we are, you know, it, it's 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 worse than what it what what it was. So, yeah, man, I you know I don't know, man. I, I just this team is is up and down for me. So, I got them, I got them at six. six. I got them at six wins. Uh, I had them at seven, but it's just to me, I'm I'm looking at it all. There's no way Deshaun's gonna come back this year. I just don't see it. And even if he did, I don't. Like Carolina, that's a good game. In Carolina, to me, that's a good game. The Baker Bowl. Not, uh, you said what? The Baker Bowl. The Baker Bowl. Right. <laughs> Baker's gonna be after them. Then they got New York. I, I could see them winning that one. Pittsburgh losing. Atlanta losing. Then they got the Chargers, New England, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the stretch. I don't see them winning none of those games. Yeah. I don't care who's QB. And then. At Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa, maybe they get Miami. Maybe, maybe a lot, maybe a overtime field goal win. I don't know. But then they got Buffalo and Tampa losing those. Houston, maybe Cincinnati and Baltimore. I don't see them winning. I see them getting swept. 
So six six I, games I is your is your spot. Yep, that's where I got it. Okay, Eric, uh, where do you come in with this this squad? I know division rival. They've never been a team that the Steelers necessarily been been scared of by any means, and I don't think that necessarily applies this year. Where you have them finishing? I I, I haven't finished in last for sure. Five, maybe six. Their schedule isn't set up for them, <laughs> especially in in the division. You know, I don't I don't I don't see him winning a game in the division this year. Ooh, swept out of the AFC North. Swept out. Okay. We talked about Jacoby Brissett. He he had a decent year one year in Indianapolis, but he's good in short spurts. Like you said, two games, three games here and there. He's serviceable. But to go to that team with all the turmoil, yeah, yeah. To try to propel that team forward, I don't see it happening. With all the question marks at receiver, I mean, the one thing they do have is an offensive line in their run game. I think that it was said before, I think it's going to be limited based on the ineffectiveness in the passing game. Mm -hmm. And I I don't see him doing a whole lot of good things consistently to help that team win. Do you think they hit? So Jay had six. That was mine if we don't get, I think Deshaun, if he does touch the field, will elevate them over that. But obviously with, you know, Jacoby is six. Would, do you have like a different number than six? Do you think it would be less than six? Like, do you think they go maybe four or five? I think with Deshaun, it's seven. Okay. okay. I think without him, five. Okay. Five. Yeah, we're all kind of in that same range, yeah. I say that Deshaun, even if he does play after game six, he's effectively had a year and a half of games off at yeah. that point. He didn't look great in the preseason, in the short stint that he played. He's going to be rusty. It's going to take him a while to get his legs under him. I think, I think he struggles out of the gate if he plays game seven. And he hits a stride maybe week 11, week 12. And it's too late. It's too, exactly. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, future problem, if he doesn't play for a year, they're going to struggle next year because then he's two years without a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what I was saying. Earlier. That's when that money kick in, and they start to feel it on the field, financially, publicly. They're still like it's it's yeah, could be all bad. They wouldn't, but they brought this on themselves, man. They brought this on themselves. The Browns doing what the Browns do. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a couple years after they beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Hey, sorry, bro. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break. We are halfway through right now the AFC North. We will be back in a little bit after a word from one of our sponsors. It's the Cover Zero Podcast. The last couple of years have been one for the books, to say the least. It is so exciting to get back to live audiences, whether it is a concert, sporting event, theater, etc. Whatever it is that you are looking for, I've got the perfect place for you. Megaseats.com. I know I'm not the only one who hates going to purchase tickets, seeing the ones you want, hitting that checkout button, and a price pops up and you're like, whose tickets are these? They cannot be mine. Well, with Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you get. No, really. No hidden fees at checkout. Type in the code SSAWNETWORK in all caps at checkout and also receive a 10% discount. Your next live event is just a click away. Well, 
welcome back. We are into the final two teams in this division in the AFC North. And we are going to start this off with the 2022 Steelers. And man that we have on here today, Eric Hendrick. He is a huge Steeler fan. It's the reason why I brought him on here. So, bro, I'm going to let you kick this one off. Start off with 2021 and how that went for your squad. Uh, 2021, interesting year. Probably should have, uh, obviously, been as a mainstay. We'll start there. They weren't going to let him not play. And I think it hindered him all year, obviously. Offensive line play was, was subpar for Steeler standards. I mean, you got a great back in Najee Harris. You know, he, he's, he's going to do good things once they get that, get that figured out on the offensive line. But last year, they struggled with that. Receiver-wise, I think they're set. You know, they were, and, and last year, I thought they were, they were above average. They were well above average. Just couldn't get the ball to them as regularly with, with Ben being immobile as he was. The lack of arm strength that, you know, he lost, you know, through the surgery and age. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, they were in every single game they played except for two, week 12 against the Bengals. Uh, they got blown out, but it was the Bengals. Week 16 against the Chiefs. I mean, at that point, the Steelers were limping into the playoffs. Week 16, weren't even sure they were going to get there. You know, the defense carried them all year. Again, there was they, they were 9-7-1. and one. The tie game, they should have won. Uh, there was probably three or four other games that easily could have won. I mean, their record easily could have been 13-4, and four, mm-hmm. despite the anemic running game, despite the ineffective passing game. That, to me, that says a lot about the culture there. You know, it, it's been that way for years from the top down. So I think 9-7-1, uh, and one, a little bit underachieving for them. And I think through, you know, through the draft this year, through free agency, I think they've got some things right. It was crazy. Like you, you, like you had said, like week 16, didn't know if they're going to be in the playoffs. The Steelers made the playoffs in that just absolutely bonkers week 18 where, week eight, yes. yeah, you guys <laughs> beat the Ravens, right? And then that was when Josiah and I's Raiders had the game of the year, the very last game of the regular season against the Chargers, which set the table after the Jags upset the Colts that if the Raiders win, it put the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah, it was just all nuts, but somehow that's that's really where it went. A um, couple other questions for you before we jump into this year and things that kind of 2021 put a, like a stamp on for them. Apart from Big Ben, one, uh, it's no longer Heinz Field. I don't know how that's possible, but it's now <laughs> at Christian. It's it's Heinz Field as far as I'm concerned. It will always be Heinz Field. <laughs> okay, let's let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Kevin Colbert uh, stepping down. How, what's your uh, thoughts on Omir Khan, first year GM? You know, kind of what's your what's your thoughts on that and like what Kevin meant to the team as a Steelers fan? Kevin made a whole lot of right moves the entire time he was there, and it it'll be it, the new GM. It'll it will he'll have to prove it, you know. But I think he's surrounded by good people. Obviously, like I said, the culture there, the leadership there. I think that it'll go a long way toward helping him get to that Steeler mentality mm-hmm. and doing the things that the Steelers do. I don't know. I, I, I think he's got off to a good start for sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he maintains that. But like I said, with the people around him, I think he'll, he'll, he'll make some really good decisions going forward as well. 2022 
Mike Tomlin entering his 16th season. Matt Canada as the uh, second-year head coach, or second head coach, geez, second-year offensive coordinator. And uh, But then now we have on the defense, first year as the team's defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, previously the secondary mm-hmm. coach since 2019-2021. And bringing in Brian Flores as a defensive assistant and a linebackers coach this year. And I mean, it's just it's just real big. I know we here, love that move. Yeah, so same same with us here on the on the Cover Zero podcast. Uh, but we'll swing it back to you to go over the free free agency first, Josiah, and then Eric, you can go ahead and add your thoughts on it as well. Josiah, free agency players lost and added. Where are you at on what the Steelers did? So I mean, you know, obviously you got to start off with Mitchell Trubisky. You know, you got to start off with him. Obviously, a lot of Steelers fans, especially on SSAW, is high on him. You know, I know some. I don't know how you feel, Eric. I, I would like to get your opinion on this, but I know the ones on our page. They they feel like uh, you know he's going to make the Pro Bowl this year and he's going to have a great season. I don't know about great. I think he would have a good enough season. I do like you know the the position that he's in. Obviously, he's getting another chance to start. You know, uh, you, he's he's playing for an organization that's real stable. You know, defense is solid. Offensive line got a little better. You know, uh, the weapons definitely got better. You know, uh, they should be able to run the ball more, you know. And so I, I do like where he's at for sure. Uh, I, I don't know how much a big of an impact he will have on himself, like just player-wise. Uh, team-wise, he will. I mean, he may look better than Bing last year, but that's not saying too much because Ben obviously, you know, hasn't looked the same in, in, in quite, you know, a little while now, at least, what, two, three, maybe longer, three years, at least three years. So that, obviously that's their biggest pickup. James Daniels, somebody who they picked up from the Bears. I thought – I wanted our Raiders, Jordan, to pick him up. I thought he was one of the better guards in the free agency market. Uh, you know, I thought that he should have, you know, really – you know, I, I think he should really ball out. And I, I thought he probably would have got paid a little bit more. You guys got a good deal for him. I thought yes. that was a good pickup. And then my guy, Miles Jack, man uh, – you know, me and CJ, we was really high on him coming out of UCLA. And I'm a USC fan, so, you know, but I I mean, us on Cover Zero and SSAW, we like to, some of us on there, we like to scout different players and all of that. We don't just watch college ball. We like to actually, you know, see what kind of players are going to be coming out and, and, and how, you know, wh- where they may land in the draft and, and you know, different different rounds and all of that and positions and all of that. So I, I think with him, we – just watching him play, and if he could stay healthy, this is going to be a really, really, really good pickup. And we we kind of talked about a little bit of Rob Leonard. At least I brought him up, you know, when we talked about the Ravens. Um, Brian Flores, obviously the head coach over there in Miami when Rob was there as a linebackers coach. He, Brian, that is, was the guy running the whole thing there. And just his line, the way he uses linebackers, the way he was able to really – use the, the linebackers that have the speed and, and, and can really cover and can really blitz and can do everything and put them in different schemes. I just feel like you, Brian Flores and Miles Jack, if Miles could stay healthy, <laughs> I, I like that combination a lot. So that's one of my favorite pickups, you know, as well. And um, the, those, so out of all of them, there's a couple other players that they picked up as well. You look at Miles Boykin. I mean, obviously he's, he's not no big player or anything like that, but the other players I, I've mentioned, you know, uh, I think are obviously the bigger pickups. So yeah, that's 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 how I feel like they did. They they picked up some good players through free agency. 
And then their draft, you know, obviously, I, I think they, this is, you know, I'm not really, you know, uh, really high on you guys' draft, Derek. I ain't going to, not this draft, just in prior years. I, yeah. you know, when I see guys draft, I just like, man, I, I feel like there's another player you guys could have went for. But this year, I really like what y'all did. I was, I don't know, you know, I, Kenny Pickett, personally for me, I had him as number one coming out. So I, I thought that number was number one quarterback, I thought right? That was, Number one quarterback, number one quarterback coming yeah. out this year. Jo- uh, George Pickens, that was a really good pickup. I think you guys got good value for him. He's balling out from what I heard, you know, in camp. So that was a really good pickup as well. Tackle, the Leo. No, DeMar um, Leal. Yeah, yes. I like that pickup. I thought that was value. Yeah, so this is one of y'all better drafts, in my opinion, that y'all have had in a little while. So. I like what was going on in in the front office and what you guys are doing. So I I mean, you know, I like what this team is doing. I, I just my thing is again, though, the QB position. Although I like Kenny Pickett, it don't look like he's gonna be starting. Obviously, you know, uh the preseason he started in the second half. I I was hoping he would at least be second string. I you know, Mitchell's had some experience and he's played well in spurts. You know, he's made a Pro Bowl alternate. Let's let's just make that clear. He's made an alternate Pro Bowl before, you know, but he's he's got that experience. So I didn't expect Kenny to get ahead of him, but at least be second string. But it don't look like he's even past Mason right now. So my my question is really, and I don't think Mitchell is somebody that you know is you know somebody that's just I don't I don't see him making a Pro Bowl this year. So you know that that's my thing. I think that's where it really comes down to. It comes down to you know the QB play really with this team. I think overall you guys got better on the offensive line. You got better weapons. The defense is there. The coaching staff is there. You know, you got prepared for the future with the draft picks. I like the Brian Flores. That's my favorite, one of my favorite hires in the whole offseason, period. You know, I I don't like what happened over there with Miami. I it's Just the whole situation with him, you know, none of us over here in Cover Zero like. So for for the Steelers to be the ones to hire him and to put him, you know, at a at a solid position, because I think he's what is he assistant? He's a linebackers coach and then he's a defensive assistant coach, yeah. Defensive yeah. coach, yeah. So I, I like I, I like where, where he's at right now. Next year, who knows? You know, he could possibly take over as defensive coordinator. So who knows? But yeah, I, I like what you guys have done. It's just I'm a little concerned when it comes down to QB play. Is it good enough when it comes down to the AFC conference? And then the AFC North as well. So, yeah. But yeah, I like what you got. It's going to be a tough road for him for sure. But, you know, it, the Steelers, if there's a team aside from the Patriots, the Tom Brady Patriots, I mean, their consistency is, is unmatched, you know, with, with, with number of times to the playoffs and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I think their draft sets them up for the future for sure. Playmakers and Pickens and the Calvin Austin from Memphis. That speedster. Another good player. Yeah, that's another and, good. Yeah. And then I think Connor Hayward's probably not going to see the field much this year. But as a fullback, H-back type, I mean, that just – that's all that's going to do is, is is help Najee Harris in the future. The, the free agent James Daniels picking up James Daniels was huge. I mean, we had a depleted offensive line. We had – you know, guys retire this year. I think they're on the right path. We, I mean, they were going to get back to Steeler football, and that's running the ball. And I think they've made some moves in the in the right direction there for sure. 
the running game is definitely going to have to carry him. But I do think with the weapons they have at receiver and Trubisky's mobility, the offense is going to look different this year. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think it'll be more open. You know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to pound the ball. But I think I think the offense will be more open. I think opportunities down the field will be there. And I don't know if, if any of you guys watched George Pickens in college. Yeah, I oh, did. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, he, he's going to be, he's going to be a dude, you know, yeah. and you, you put, you put him with Claypool. I, I think they've got something. I think they've got something going forward. It was, it was a good haul. I do like, I mean, that core now of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, yeah, yes. and Calvin Austin Jr. being the fourth, which is just like, that kind of fits. I've talked about on this show before is kind of what Kyle Kyle Shanahan has also said. He likes, you know, a basketball lineup dudes that do different things. And I'm one thing that I like is, is my fourth receiver or at least somebody in the rotation that is mm-hmm. just a burner that can be a dude that just takes the top off the defense. Just, he doesn't even have to be in on every single play, but when you really need something or you have a nice concept, you just drop somebody like Calvin Austin into that offense and just gets vertical in a hurry. And then you already have Pickens on the outside. You already have Claypool on the outside. There's a lot of safety threats there. And then when mm-hmm. teams know that you're going to run with Najee Harris a lot, that just that that leaves that leaves the door open for a lot of different things to to be able to occur. And I think with me, a lot of this season, what I'm going to be looking for in the, from the Steelers' offense, from that's going to be a difference from what we've seen over the last I would say couple of years. When Big Ben was there, especially the last two seasons. His average time to throw was one of the quickest in the NFL. He was just get the ball, get the ball, get the ball out. And a lot of that was the Steelers are, as you've said, Eric, and as I know Josiah agrees too, they're a very, very smart organization. And knowing the weakness of not having the best offensive line, especially last season, especially last season, that ball's got to come out quick if you want to be able to have any sort of success through the air. You, you can't, Ben can't sit back there like he used to and do those full throwing motion pump fakes and, you know, have dudes hanging off him and all. Like, it just wasn't – the offensive line wasn't built for that. He was aging and wasn't allowing for it. Now with the offensive line getting some improvements, but maybe not being where it's at in terms of what you're used to for a Steelers offensive line, the quarterbacks that they have are going to have to get the ball out pretty quick still if they're going to want to have the same type of success. Are these quarterbacks that are on the roster, how capable are they of doing that is what I want to see. That's mainly what I'm going to be looking at. Is Mitch Trubisky, like, this is a new fresh start for him. I agree. I think he's going to be starting come week one. Is he going to be able to make the quicker reads and get the ball out of his hands? They're going to have some, of course, drawn-up screens and things like that to help him quarterback's friend, play-action plays and all that. But how often is this going to be something where we see, wow, this Pittsburgh offensive line looks a little bit worse than they did, and it's maybe not necessarily from an offensive line thing. It's because the quarterback back there, be it Trubisky, be it Mason Rudolph, even Kenny Pickett, when he was in high school, for being an accurate athletic quarterback, the dude held on to the ball a lot, and that's just not going to mm-hmm. work in the NFL, right? So that's my main thing I'm looking at with this offense. However, regard, regardless if they do end up holding the ball for too long, whoever it is end up being the quarterback, if that ends up being the problem, the, the opposing defense can stack the box to stop Najee, whatever. It just can't quite click with the quarterback. Mike Tomlin will not let this team be terrible. He won't. And it's this, this, they won't be. So I'll start with you, Eric. How does 2022, with all that we have talked about, what they acquired, 
who's there on the coaching staff and what's on this roster right now. How, how does 2022 shake down and what's the win total? You know, I, I think the defense is going to carry them as, as they do in many years. Uh, I think having a mobile quarterback, I mean, the, the you know, the jury's still out on Trubisky. He's, he, he did have a good year. I think he, I think he finds himself again this year. Is, is he going to be a game breaker? Probably not, but I think he's very serviceable. And if it's Pickett, which I don't see that till the second half of the year, if then, again, another mobile quarterback that, that's going to allow for even the fact that the offensive line isn't what, this, what the Steelers are used to, I think having a mobile quarterback will, will help, mm-hmm. you know, to avoid some rush, get outside the pocket, you know, make some plays with their legs if they need to, but extend plays. I, I, I think that helps them out a lot. I like Matt Canada's offense. I, I think with, with the four receivers, well, the three for sure, and then possibly Calvin as the fourth, you know, getting some clock as well. I, I think it opens the field up, you know, for the running game a little bit more, even though, like I said, the offensive line is down. But I think there's I think there'll be more more explosive plays in the running game because of that. And I put them at. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear this. The over under this year is at seven and a half. Seven and a half is the over under right now. Vegas line. Yeah, I got him at nine. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I got him at nine. Okay, I like it. I like. I I was wondering how much like you know fan bias, but that's not fan bias at all. That's that's, that's not fan. No, yeah, that's that's, that's like yeah, bias. that's 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 a legit that's a legit prediction for sure. Yeah, not not in the Steelers sauce, but yeah, I mean, Heinz, it ain't even Heinz Field. That's just gonna trip me out. Anyway, sorry, get mad at that. Hey, you know, it's look at the Staples Center. Everybody that's renaming their, know. you know, we still call it. Do you know how to pronounce the name of it, Eric? The new no. name? Are you I ever gonna not. try to learn? Nope. <laughs> nope. I just keep going. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Yep. Heinz Field until the death. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that for sure. Uh, Josiah, seven and a half over under. Where do you fall on that? How does the season shake out? Man, I got to agree with Eric, bro. I, I got him at nine. I got him at nine, man. Um, like I said, I, I just want to see – I want to see where the, what, what Mitchell could do. I mean, if, if Mitchell turns out to be a, a, a Pro Bowl QB this year, they, they, they must have won at least 10, 11 games for sure. You know, 11, 11 games for sure if he makes – because I think that's where it's going to turn out to be. I mean, you know, still is want to run the ball. You know, they want to get things going. If they they got the weapons, you know, the wide receiver, they 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 have that there, you know. But I think it would help out Mitchell if they can be a little bit more balanced. I mean, you know, they I don't think the Steelers really want to go in every game where he's passing the ball a hundred times or anything like that. So if they could be balanced, that would really help him out, you know. So yeah, it comes down really to him comes down to him you know and i'm 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 not really confident with that that's where i have them at nine but where i am confident is the overall team coaching staff mike tomlin you know he doesn't have he doesn't really lose you know at all really what, what, what he had never had a losing like season one lose, not one losing season not one not one hey, hold on bro didn't Jordan, did you predict the losing season? Bro, last I was year? I was gonna get to that. last year. I, I you know I just had I to was make sure. Almost I was there, bro. Win. I was almost, it, like one <laughs> win away and a tie to the 
fucking lions. Like, <laughs> bro, I was this close. Like, look, no one, everyone thought I was crazy, but they were that close to it. Okay. Did you, you know what? One thing I will say though, you were closer than what people thought because I know, like, yeah, I had him. It getting, was almost. Like, I had him like one win below five hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. I was almost. And, and we thought it was crazy. I know we all was like, what? What? Why come you won't lose, bro? Like they may not make the play, but they're not gonna have a losing record. Like that's not, you know. But yeah, you're right though. They, you definitely was close on that. But it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened, and I don't see it happening this year. You know, but I just don't see them being good enough, you know, to make the playoffs this year. The AFC, like we just mentioned, AFC, the AFC conference is tough. This division is still what top four in the whole NFL. I was going to ask that. Four, to me, this might be the second best. Two or three, in my opinion. I'm over the West, NFC. NFC, I think it's better because in the NFC West, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be. Like, I think, like, if you go two deep, Niners. So, if you go three deep, so this would probably be the third. Deep, Steelers right, Niners, would be the third right. best, right? In the division. In this division, I would say, right? So, then, if I were to take right. the Steelers or the Cardinals. I, well, the Cardinals I, make it because of the conference. The conference right, 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 right. But I'm saying if we was just to do Steelers-Cardinals, which team? Wise, right. You know what I mean? I, whew, that's close. I'd have to probably. I, got, I just got more faith in the Steelers. You know what I mean? Just with how they're run, how Mike Tomlin gets the most oh, out of his team, and how Cliff Kingsbury seems to just falter and, you know, that sort of thing. So I probably have to say that Seattle is is just not going to be. Well, we know Seattle's trash. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And I mean, the, I mean, Seattle and the Browns, they're kind of like sort of right there. Like, I don't know. Like, they're I, right there. Yeah. That's I think, the yeah, I'm, yeah, I think it's either, if it's not second best, it's, it's to me, it's got to be third. Yeah, I would have third. I would have third. Do you put the have, NFC yeah. West over them, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I okay. although I'm That's just, fair. I mean, because the cart is just, it's still QB driven league, you know. And yeah, I, I like Kyler. I mean, we, we, I think we spoke highly of Kyler at times, and then we've spoke obviously, you know, the truth at times. Obviously, well, it's always the truth, but you know, more so now than ever, I think, because we've been fans of him, but just what's been going on between his relationship and Cliff's, you know, that, that whole QB head coach relationship deal is just, it's just odd. It's something going on there. I, you know, so that's the only thing, but when you talk about like, you know, the offensive offense wise and QB play wise and what you expect them to do, they still got some talented players over there. They got Buda Baker on the, on the secondary who's, you know, one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, I, I, so, I yeah, like this got, team. Yeah, you got the NFC yeah. West over there. Yeah. Yeah. But then you I have the, the North West. Third. Okay. I got the North Third. AFC yeah. North I got third. the AFC North. Eric, you said two, three. Uh, for Josiah and I, I already know we have the AFC West as the number one. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then two, three. Is the other team in contention for you the NFC West as well? The other yeah. division, I mean? Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I think with. I think I would say two because I mean you've got the Ravens who are going to be there, you've got the Steelers going to be there. Obviously, you've got Cincinnati. I think the top three, uh, the top two, obviously in the in in the NFC West, solid. But I I I, I'm, I don't think the Cardinals are there. They're close, but like you said, that that comparison Steelers Cardinals. 
Browns, uh, Browns, Seahawks. Yeah, they're I think I think the I think the AFC North wins that. Yeah, yeah. That's I would I yeah. If you're taking the whole, I would say yeah. Browns over. They got a better roster at least than mm-hmm. the Seahawks do right do. now. Sure. I would say that. So yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Two two or three. Yeah, I could I I could see both both case. I'd probably just off the strength of like the weakest team in the division being the Browns. I I got them a little bit above Seattle, so. I probably yeah. have to, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's right there between these two. But either way, I hear that though. That's yeah. a good point though. When you compare the two fourth teams, right. I think that's more of a, a landslide for Seattle and the Browns. The, the Browns in Seattle, I, right. I do think the Browns are the Browns for sure. Yeah, they got like the I better guess, roster. Yeah. It's just that quarterback. Both quarterback positions suck, and then you look at the rosters around them. You know, Everything Browns else, rosters. Right. You know. They got some pieces over there, but yeah, that's a good point. Let's put that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll say that actually. Yeah, I'll say the AFC North now because Two. the third team, I just I like Kyler Murray over their QB situation over at the Steelers. But then when I compare the fourth teams, Seattle and the Browns, although the Browns has just got so much going on, they're they're talent wise, right, yeah. the roster wise is way better than Seattle. And now we're talking about the fourth team. So yeah. Okay. I think it's closer with Arizona and the Steelers, but then it's a landslide between the Browns and Seattle <laughs> yeah. roster wise. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough, tough division. And the fact that like we're gonna see this this year, and we're gonna see this from people that just, you know, numbers watch but don't watch the game. And they're gonna be like, Oh, look at their record. This that's this. Oh, look at their record, that's that. But there's going to be teams in the AFC as a whole that aren't in the playoffs that are going to be good NFL teams. And the whole Bill Parcells quote, you are what your record says you are. Yes, there is, there is, there's a lot of truth to that. But when you're in the AFC murderers row that you're going to have this year, that some of these schedules look like in particular, the Steelers as well. That is a tough ass schedule. Yes. That's not the same as some of these other teams schedules are. So when the Steelers, Steelers say, you know, let's say at some point it's, it's not looking too good at the start, you know, Mitch isn't, Mitch is basically playing himself to the bench and teams know the running game is coming. And no matter how good of a coaching job, Mike Tomlin and Flores and company are doing, it's just not resulting in wins. And maybe they're two and four come week six or whatever. Right. But it's, you look at, they go Bengals, Patriots, Browns. There's one of the two Jesters, one of the two, but then bills and bucks like that. There's not a lot of teams that are going through this. So we're going to see this year. And I think that's going to be something that just, you're going to have teams in the AFC that are good ball clubs that at certain points in the season have losing records. But in comparison to other teams in the NFC in particular that don't necessarily have the same type of schedule, their records aren't going to match how good that team is just in general and how good they are if you know when you watch the squad. So for me, I'm the only one who didn't drop a win total on this squad over under seven and a half. I think they, I'm taking the over just like you guys are. Do I want to do it again and predict Mike Tomlin's first ever losing season? <laughs> I don't want to because the dude is. I want to take a bet too. I took your bet. I want to take if you do. <laughs> if you do, I want to take a bet this time. Uh, I should have took one last year. <laughs> it was because um, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is the coolest dude in the NFL. He's the coolest dude in the NFL by far. Yeah, it's like you see other coaches and GMs the way they want to talk to that guy. Yeah, he's the coolest dude in the NFL. And the team's not going to be bad. He won't let them be bad. But they're – I got to do it, bro. I got to do it. Eight wins. I got to do it. 
eight. So what? Wins. We we putting fifty on this one too? What? What are we doing? What are um, we doing? <laughs> let's do fifty on this one too. Okay. Fifty on Fair fifty enough. on this one too. I got eight wins. So they, eight, I have nine. Yeah, they, okay. they clear the over of the seven and a half that Vegas has them at. They clear the over by half a game. But as good of a coach Mike Tomlin is, murderous row of the AFC West, brutal schedule like they have. I mean, it's even him to, to coach this team with this with this quarterback and this offensive line and just the way like the defense, we've seen better Steeler defenses than we have right now. We have. Devin Bush hasn't really just panned out to the first round pick that they expected him to be. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. I do like the addition of miles Jack. I really do. Corner is looking pretty thin for first time in a, somewhat of a long time. When you talk about like Steeler defense standards, but I just, yeah, eight and nine is, is something that Mike Tomlin can get out of this roster. And most other coaches in this, in this league wouldn't get five out of this roster. Most other organizations, they're built this way, would not get five out of this roster. We've seen, you know, we've seen other teams with Mitch Trubisky and and more talent around him. Like, like when Mitch Trubisky was with the Bears and they went to the playoffs, that defense was like top to bottom. Offensive line was set like it's, you know, it was it was all in place. And they were in a in a weaker division at that time, just with being where the Lions, of course, were and where Minnesota at that, you know, just kind of how that was all set up. You know, but this squad, this schedule, I just I, I got eight and nine. That's where I'm at on it. I do like the it's close, though. that I, I said, mean, it, yeah, eight and nine, and eight and nine. Like I like I just got to say, like eight. The fact that this dude goes eight and nine is a testament to how good Mike Tomlin is as a head coach. Because it's it's Mitch Trubisky behind a bad offensive line, and the defense still <laughs> the defense in the middle. I'll say the defense in the middle. Is strong. Cam Hayward, of course, TJ Watt, reigning defensive MVP, coming off the edge. But I mean, we got Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, basically as your as your corners. Corners, yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't really instill a lot of confidence. Uh, of course, we all love Minka on the back end, but we saw last year just with how little talent there was on that on that back end from what they were normally used to. Minka's role was at times impossible with what he was. They asked a lot of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like like he's great. He's so dynamic, right? And but when you ask him to do a ton and do as much as he can, he's he's only one man. You know what I mean? So I just it's with this schedule again. I just I got eight and nine with what's in place for them, and that is that is an accomplishment. So eight and nine for me. Yeah, we can put fifty on it, Jay. All right, sounds good. Colts and Titans. Wins and loss record. I got the Titans. You got the Colts, and then the. So yeah, we have no. It's uh with the 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 tight the one yeah Colts Colts yeah exactly you know you're right you're right you said that right yeah 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 Colts over the Colts record versus the Titans we got fifty on that one Eric uh, I got the Colts Jay got the Titans and then on this one uh you're going eight nine so I know if uh, I lose uh you, you're gonna be cheersing Josiah as your, as being a Steelers fan so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here he go, man. <laughs> hey, but no, I said, hey, cheers away, bro. You got to rep your team. We making these bets and we going to stand by them. So, you know, already know, already know. Well, I, I hope at some point during the season I'm back on and we can we can revisit this. Oh, maybe about halfway and see where we're at. Most definitely. You know what? The crazy thing, Eric, my my dad and half of my family, they all still are fans. They all from Pittsburgh. Damn, I never knew that, bro. I'm, yeah, yeah, they all, they all from Pittsburgh, so. 
yeah, my, my dad's side, they're all big Steelers fans and all of that. So, so yeah. Okay. So he'll be, I mean, he I can be here. My, my brother's a Steelers fan. <laughs> yeah, my brother's a Steelers my, fan. Miles, he's a Steelers fan. I remember that. Yeah, he's right. He right. wasn't like really into football, and my dad and I would be watching it every Sunday. And then he sat down one afternoon before the Raiders game came on, and he's like, yo, who's that dude number 36 that's just running over the whole world? That's Jerome Bettis. He's like, oh, I love this guy. This is my team. <laughs> that's literally Jerome Bettis made him a fan. Yep, and then Troy kept it going. So, yeah. yeah. We will now move on to the last team in the division. And when I say last, I don't necessarily mean that is where they finished because they were first in the AFC North, which, I mean, last year in this, I, I've said it all season long. Jay, you know, mm-hmm. I had this team not doing very well last year at all. Hey, wait, we, both of us, it was only one person that's not on here Henry right now. was the only one. <laughs> he had him like third in the division. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> right. He had them doing better than us, but not winning. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but he had them doing better than us. Yeah. We had this team finishing. And when we did our preseason preview last year, Eric, uh, Jay and I were just both in lockstep, like, nah, this team going to be six wins, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was trying to find like how many coaches, you know, this time of year are going to be fired come <laughs> the following season. And the one that I was like for sure about was Zach Taylor. And then this mug gets his team into the well, his players got him into the playoffs, but we'll we'll get into that, of course. Uh, in twenty twenty one, they went ten and seven, finished first in the AFC North, lost the Super Bowl by three points. This team was five and two, following an impressive win at Baltimore in week in week seven, yeah, and that landed them at first place in the entire AFC West. And that was the game really where the world basically saw Jamar Chase just dominate one of the best corners in the game, Marlon Humphrey, to the tune of 182 yards and two touchdowns. And that was the point where I think this team arrived and where everybody realized like they were for real. Joe Burrow then went towards the end of the season went scorched earth through the month of December and January. I mean, scorched earth, bro. 300 or more yards in four of his last five games, including... 348 and two touchdowns against the Niners, 446 yards and four tugs against Kansas City. And then the second time they played Baltimore, after Wink Martindale said he wasn't all that good, 525 and four. And through through that stretch, he had zero interceptions as well, no turnovers. Dude's average quarterback rating was 120 through that stretch. That man was on a mission last year. And... It, and it showed out going into the postseason. As we look at the coaching staff, I'll swing it to you first, Eric. Head coach Zach Taylor, offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, Lou Anaramu as defensive coordinator. As is as, as a as a fan of a team in this division, how surprising was just like last year as for from how kind of the big shift was from last year to this season with what this squad did. You know, there's something to be said for it all coming together, you know, obviously they believed I didn't, I'm not a Zach Taylor. I wasn't a believer in Zach Taylor at all. Like you guys, but for some reason that team gelled, got hot. The confidence of Joe Burrow carried them. And then the emergence of Jamar Chase as well. I mean, it was amazing to see the transformation that team from, from the first quarter of the season, the first three or four games, what they were doing at the end of the season you know in football sometimes it happens that way you 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 didn't think much of what they were going to do 
and their offensive line was terrible. But despite that, they managed to. I I I I almost say impossible. But right. the way that team gelled and the way that they used their weapons and their defense was good enough, it produced wins. But Joe Burrow just played out of his mind. I mean, the confidence that guy has. I mean, you saw it in college. I mean, any any guy that walks into a into a stadium smoking a cigar and uh, rocking a fur <laughs> coat, you know, that's Joe Namath type stuff. <laughs> and I mean, he exudes that confidence, and it 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 permeated the team, and. Uh, they did. They did great things. That was pretty incredible. Now, my question though is, everybody sees them coming this year. Right. What happens? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Target on their back. Got a target on their back. Yeah. We we'll get to that definitely when we get into the the, the final segment with the win total. But to go over first, we can go into like players that are lost, players that are added. This can be through the free agency. This can be through the draft as well. Just kind of how like a roster discussion, I guess. Start with you, Jay. Who's, is there anyone on this team that's gone that you think is going to leave a void behind on this roster? Not, not really a void. I think we don't know where Jesse Bates is going to be. I, you know, he's not gone, but he's somebody there where it's a question mark. You don't know if he's going to be holding out for the season. I mean, we don't know yet. He, he, he signed his tag. Oh, did he sign he his signed oh, his okay. tag? Yeah, he signed his tag. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, never mind then. Yeah. I, then yeah, I don't really have um too many players really out there. Uh, Larry the in the, the inside. Oh, Larry Ogunjobi. Linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, he was solid. He was okay. I know he went to a rival. He went to the Steelers. He went to your team, Eric. I think that was a good pickup. And um, Darius Phillips, a, a underrated CB who was actually playing pretty good for the Raiders. You might have to look at the Raiders at the time. Um. I think that was an underrated pickup for us, but I don't really think they really had any really like big losses or anything like that. I, I just I, I feel like this team really keep they really kept the team intact, really. You know, I you know, there's they kept the team together and they added more players than anything. You know, I mean they've had some losses, but none that in my opinion that I feel like really impacted this this team where it's gonna affect them going into the season. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <clears throat> Addition-wise, everything was really the offensive line. I mean, Alex Kappa coming over from the Bucks, really, really great ad. Lyle Collins, the right tackle coming over from Dallas. Dude, when he's on the field, that dude, the, his his weakness really is only his penalties. But beyond that, he is nasty, and he can move dudes, and he can plaster dudes. I sent you that. I'll have to send you the, the clip, too, Eric. I sent one to our group chat we have for the podcast today. It was just a, a play from last year's outside zone. Zeke cuts mm-hmm. it back. And like Lyle, but before Zeke cut it back, Lyle had already put his hips as the right tackle in front of the four eye that was flowing to the like the play side zone. Puts his hips mm-hmm. in front of him. And just as Zeke cuts back and the dude tries to change directions, Lyle just throws this dude in his grave. Like it was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> it was like WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll just send that to you. But on top of that, they wouldn't added Ted Karras as well, who can play most likely I think is going to play center for them yeah. because they did get rid of Trey Hopkins, who is no longer on a team right now. Quentin Spain, the left guard, he's no longer on a team. So that just kind of represents where the offensive line was to where they are now, to where they went after some some notable, capable, and proven offensive linemen and paid them. And then the guys that they let go 
just haven't even been picked up yet on the offensive line. So that difference is going to really, really shine through. And I think we're going to see it with how it, how they protect Joe Burrow. And mostly where I think it will pay the most dividends is just sometimes where you're going to see Joe Mixon have just roads and highways to run through. You know, last year, the run blocking grades, according to PFF, were second worst in the NFL after the Houston Texans. And even with that, Joe Mixon was still one of the most productive running backs in the NFL. A lot of that, granted, of course, came from two high structures once Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and that passing game with Joe Burrow started to take off. But I think now, just like with early and early, early down situations, when you kind of see that runs coming at you, because anytime they mostly went to anything smaller than uh, anything smaller than uh, what was it? 12 personnel. Uh, th- you knew the run was coming. They come out heavy. They almost didn't even have a, a passing out of it. And teams would just stack the box and shut down Joe. Now they have that in their arsenal to go to with these different offensive lines to be able to, maybe pull a play action out of it and also get more headway when they do look to heavy packages and try to run out of it with these additions on the O-line. So I like that a lot. And draft-wise, they just really address the defense with Dax Hill and Cameron Taylor Britt. I think the Dax Hill ad is one that will – he's too good to not get on the field in some way, shape, or form this year. Defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo has done a lot of different types of looks and really – he, he's not afraid to do different things depending on who he's going to play. He schemes his defense as well, according to his opponent. The thing that I have talked about a lot on this show is how he shifted in the second half of the AFC title game to a lot of different drop eight coverages and playing out of nickels and playing out of dimes. And when you go into those different types of looks, I think Dax Hill is just going to play his way under the field. He, as a prospect, was some guy that played with speed backwards and speed forwards and, and speed and quickness laterally, but also uses his hands and was tough against the run. So. You can use him in the slot if Mike Hilton goes down. If Jesse Bates goes down, you can then put him at safety. Also, same thing with Von Bell. That kind of versatility is just going to be able to be there. And like I've said a lot in the show as well, three safety looks are going to be pretty common in the NFL in 2022. I'm just, I'm really envisioning that with just the way a lot of these defenses are set up. And right. this opens the door for Dax Hill to get in there and be that third safety in a lot of different packages. Cameron Taylor Britt, cornerback out of Wisconsin. He had also has shown some versatility in his time in college and had his best year, his last year in Wisconsin. And so I really think what that is, is just that's these are both moves that can sprinkle some seasoning on your secondary this year, but mostly pay its dividends going forward into the next couple of seasons and add depth right now. So really liked all of those ads as well. Uh, we'll move into this the season prediction. Start with you, Eric. The Bengals won the AFC North last year. Do they repeat? Do they clear the nine and a half over under of 2022? How does the season shake out for them? I think they clear the spread or the, the over under. If you look at their schedule, they have a tough, tough schedule. I have them at 11. I mean, they're going to have to do it week in and week out and be consistent. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And like I said, like I said, they, uh, they're not going to surprise anybody this year. So I have them at 11. I, I think they're talented enough. And they got Jamar Chase, who's arguably the best receiver in the league right now. Right, mm-hmm. he's up there. And and with T. Higgins, I I I mean they're super dynamic with Joe in the passing game, and with the you know the upgraded offensive line, you know the the, the test will be you know throughout the season to see how much better they are. But but I think they win eleven games. I think they win the division. Nice, Jay. Where do you fall? I got him at twelve. 
I got them at 12. I, you know, I got them a game above the Ravens. I actually like their first nine games before the bye week. You know, they got Pittsburgh, which I think that's going to be a tough one. They got Dallas. But after that, New York, Miami, Baltimore, that'll be tough. New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina. I think outside of Dallas, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, and I think they'll win at least one of those games out of those three. Uh, you know, I the rest of the games, I think they could win. They could beat Cleveland, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. New, in New Orleans, it could be kind of tough. You know, Dennis Allen's obviously blitzes and stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I Their first, you know, nine games before the bye week, I like. Then it gets a little bit tougher. Then after that, you know, uh, obviously Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, then Tennessee, then KC. First three after the bye gets a little little tough. And, then, and being on the road at that. You know, KC would be at home, and then Cleveland. Maybe they, maybe they get things going by that point. But yeah, I, you know, I like this team a lot. I like what they've done. Uh, Jordan, you brought up all the great points. Obviously, from the offensive line, some players they that they picked up. You know, uh, I know there were some people feeling like health wise they won't be as healthy because they was the healthiest team in the you know whatever the, the league last year and whatnot. Uh, to me, I it's it's yeah, that's 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 a big part of it. That's the huge part of it, you know, and that may not be the same case this year, but they've definitely added more players. So even if, you know, a starter goes down, they have they've added some depth. They've added some depth pieces. And one player that you brought up, uh, Jordan, I didn't even know Jace, uh, Jesse signed his franchise, but you know, Daxon Hill, who, you know, could play safety can you could play him kind of anywhere on that secondary i mean he's he's kind of versatile in that way yeah i do wonder you if know. they even play him at outside corner i'm i'm curious to that i think they yeah. could i think yeah. they could i, I they don't might. i don't know if he would have like early looks but certain packages and whatnot because like you said his speed you know the way he the way he can backpedal the way he can go forward and backwards and lateral like you mentioned I mean, you know, and, and his coverage skills, they're there, you know. So I, I, I think it's definitely a possibility for sure with him. And then I really like Cam Taylor Britt, you know, out of Nebraska. I, I think that was a really, a really good pickup there, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like who, I like what they added there, man. I really do. You know, I really do. Um, Zach Taylor, he really impressed me, man. I mean, he, you know, I some, some people may feel like he's not the greatest play caller or whatever, but, I mean, he definitely, definitely – you know, uh, did a lot better than what we thought, Jordan, for sure. Well, I mean, like yeah. you said, we we were picking head coaches. We were like, well, you know, forget the prediction. Uh, you know, the next head, the next head coach is going to be such and such. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but no, he he's he's done a really great job there. And I, the, the defense coordinator, I can't get his name. I think he's really the MVP on that staff. Period. I, just Lou Anarumu. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he, he really did a really great job with that defense. So, yeah, I'm expecting this team to be pretty good this year as well, you know. And, and again, Jordan, you brought up a great point with the offensive line of how would Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a good season last year, but this year, with a better offensive line, passing game should be better now because the offensive line obviously is going to be better. You know, if everybody stay healthy, you know, uh, this is, this is going to be a really le- uh, even more lethal, you know, on offense than it was last year. You know, because mm-hmm. they did struggle. Remember, there was points where I think fans thought like, okay, 
can they do more than just throwing the ball deep? Oh yeah. And then they, you, you know you what I mean? When and, they when they had that game that I talked about after week seven, first place in the AFC. Right. You remember what happened the next week? Was it Casey? The next week Kirk? they played the Mike White led Jets and lost. <laughs> well, who they played before that though? Was it because they 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 showed they can do something different on offense? And I think it was versus the I thought it was versus the Chiefs when we were talking about them being able to do something different than just throwing the ball deep. That was I thought it was versus the Chiefs where they were when, when, you that know, was, was that the game where they were down big and then the second half came back? They yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. The Chief, when I they played so. the Chiefs, they I want to say they went uh like they went back and forth with the Chiefs. That was the game like when but they played the one, Chiefs. That was the game where Jamar Chase had like 270 receiving yards. Something okay. ridiculous, right? Was it underneath? I thought it was a lot of underneath throw. I don't know. We he just, had I some after the catch. He had some deep, but like they started off the season, they beat Minnesota in overtime by 3, but then they lost in week 2 to the Bears at Chicago. That was uh Justin Fields' first start when Andy Dalton got hurt. Then they beat the uh, Steelers, beat the Jags only by 3 though. Lost to the Packers in overtime. And that was at home and then smashed the Lions and then they smashed the Ravens. And that was the week seven point where they were in first in the whole AFC. But then followed that up with a loss to the Mike White led Jets, 31-34 at MetLife. Went back home and lost to the Browns 16-41. to And then went into the bye week. And then after the bye week, they rattled off one, two, three, four, five wins out of their out of their final eight. But, of course, Joe Burrow didn't even play. The starters didn't even play in the last game against the Browns because they kind of already had first place locked up. So when they played the Chiefs, it was 34-31. But that that high-flying offense did take a small dip in that portion. It was in week 15 against the Broncos. That was a lot of Fangio with his two high structures really making it difficult for Burrow to kind of go to what he was wanting to go to, that bread and butter, throwing it downfield. So... But yeah, they were like you said, there there was just games where they weren't just it was like, okay, you do forty one to seventeen to the Ravens, but then you lose one to the Jets and some guy named Mike White, and then you get demolished by the Browns. Yeah. Just yeah. Dang, I forgot about the Browns. <laughs> that loss right there had to take me back. Like, mm-hmm. are we talking about the same team? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It did happen. <laughs> it did happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a no, correction. Yeah, correction. Uh, I got a correction before you, you keep going, Jay. Jesse Bates has not signed the tender. I was he's the last one to not sign. And he's the only one who's still currently holding out of camp. And so I, I okay. read that wrong when I was looking at the update. So you're right. He has not signed yet. And it doesn't really impact his pay until week one. And then basically he's going to be losing about 720k for each week one that he holds out. But I think he shows up to play. Just that that's my opinion. But yeah, you're right. He has not signed yet. Okay. So yeah, that would be then going back to that then that would that would be my uh you know my biggest loss if they you know if he happens not to play. I do like Daxon coming in and, and and playing some time there. But it just depends, like you said, I mean, you know, they, they should be able to get him signed. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't think that's enough. I think some some fans, especially on SSAW, shout out the page, you know, some feel like, you know, one hole here, one hole there, you know, okay, this whole team is gonna derail. No, that's this team is talented enough across the board, offense, defense, to really still be a team that could win a division, and especially the AFC North. 
I like the AFC North. I, we we have them ranked second or third or whatever. Uh, but it's not, you know, you 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 have the Browns that's going to be struggling. You got them better than them. We all agree that they're better than the Steelers. It comes down to the Ravens for us and and the Bengals. But I feel like the Ravens have more holes, period. And when you talk about health-wise, I feel like, especially any Raven fan, I mean, no Raven fan should be talking about health when it comes down to somebody being, you know, players being healthy or not healthy or whatever it is because they deal with the most injuries every year. So I, I just feel like that's something that could happen to any team. And, you know, it you, you can't really stop it really from happening. With the Bengals, they might not be as healthy. And even with Jesse being gone, whether it's the tag or whatever it is, I still think they're talented enough to still take the division. So that would be their biggest loss. But I, you know, I I think they'll be okay if he doesn't sign. You got them at twelve wins. You said, yeah, I got them at twelve. Um, I'm in agreement with Eric. I have eleven. Uh, all of us easily have them clearing the nine and a half over under win set for 2022 which kind of surprises me, to be honest. I figured that would at least be at 10. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, 11 wins for me. Like you said, Jay, I, I, I do think Jesse Bates reports back and comes and plays. His franchise tag is just shy, I think, of $13 million, somewhere around there. And then if the Bengals don't want to re-sign him, I think they should, but they've made it. I don't, I don't think they will because, mainly because of next season, you have some players that are going to be due up. In particular, Joe Burrow talks for his new extension are going to arise. You're going to have right. talks for TJ for TJ uh, uh, for Higgins, T Higgins to, to come up as well. You're going to have talks for Logan Wilson. These are their first three picks that they made in the 2020 draft. And whenever you have guys that are pillars of your team, especially Joe and especially T Higgins or what he means to that offense. You want to get them inked up before that fourth year. You start when you really start to look at it, because you know not picking up that fifth year says a ton when they're playing on it. That means basically you're on the way out, and Joe is for sure not going anywhere. And I think they're going to prioritize T over Jesse. They may not necessarily want to, but you know when you draft a bunch of good players, they drafted Jesse as well. You got to make these tough decisions, and he may be the odd man looking out. But I do think he shows up to play. And the defense will maybe not be as opportunistic as they were last year. Just turnovers and things like that are are rare to repeat. They're still going to be with even the upgrade in the offensive line. Joe's not going to be under instant duress like he was last year by any means, but just his play style. I talk about like he wants to extend the play forever, and he'll hang in there and he'll take he'll try to juke dudes like like you know almost just like he's Superman and he's got that confidence and it works out far more often than it does. But there's still going to be plays where he goes down and drives in, but that's not going to hinder this team to any way in terms of what their total win capacity is going to be and what they're going to notch. They are, I think, the most complete team in this division. It is a tough division, but they are set to go ahead and take it over. And like you mentioned at the beginning of when we started talking about this squad, Eric, they now have the bullseye on them. Everyone now is going to spend their offseason and has spent their offseason thinking of ways to be able to slow down this offense. And how quarterbacks and how young teams especially adjust to those adjustments or make those adjustments is what determines how long their success is, how much, how sustained is it. And mm -hmm. we saw last year how teams were doing a lot of the different too high looks throughout the course of the NFL. And just that seems where the, the league is going. Odd fronts, 
cover four structures, quarters, types of looks, and things like that to deal with motions, to deal with downfield plays, all that stuff. How does Joe Burrow and how does this offense and how does Zach Taylor even look to try to combat that? And I think there's enough there for them to go ahead and get 11 wins. Whether or not they make the Super Bowl again, that much will be remain to be seen. But I like 11 wins for the squad. They're too talented not to. And with what's in front of them, I think it's very, very doable. So we all have them clearing the nine and a half win total and finishing first in the AFC North. Eric, thank you very much for being on, bro. Um, I should have done this at the beginning. This is totally my bad. Where do you coach and what, like, what's your role? I coach at a school called Derby High School. It's uh, five miles south, five miles south of Wichita, Kansas. Been coaching there for about, uh, this will be my 11th season. Oh, damn. Had a lot of success there. Uh, we won six state championships in that 11 years. Got a good chance of uh, seeing that game again this year. I'm just a football lover, man. I played it, coach it. Just always good to talk ball. For sure. Whether it's high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter. Okay. You know. Awesome, bro. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have you on to revisit. We'll give we'll give the the AFC North some time to kind of start to shake out, see how they're doing. Uh, but we'll definitely have you on when the season starts. We do. We do two shows a week. We mm-hmm. record on uh, Tuesdays to drop on the Thursday to kind of get everybody primed for the week ahead. Starting, you know, it drops Thursday morning. We preview the Thursday night game. We then on Sunday, we also pick our for the preview week show. We pick games of the week that we want to preview, maybe topics we want to discuss. And then come Sunday, that's our reaction show. That's that's like rapid reactions, kind of what you just saw over the course of the week. We have a couple segments based on like players you want to highlight, things you want to really draw some attention to. And then we also have another segment where it's like, what the hell is going on? Why is this the way it is? You know, so like so far for the offseason, what's going on would be Cleveland signing this dude, Jason Watson, you know, <laughs> like what's going on with that? Anyway, but yeah, yeah, we will definitely have you on. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, I appreciate you having me. I've had a, I've had a blast. I, I, I've, I've learned too that I'm, I'm going to have to brush up <laughs> a little bit. You know, I can I, I, I can talk ball with the best of them, but at this level, it's a little different. So, <laughs> yeah. but I've enjoyed it. I, I, it was a learning experience as well. So, I appreciate you guys for that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is how this is how we got to, to invite you on. I mean, me and you sat there at a big shout out to Courtney and Chris's wedding. This is how I knew we were going to have to have you on the show because everybody would just be around us. These cool talking football again. Damn, right. And they had to leave us alone. <laughs> but, yeah. No, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Any final thoughts, Jay? No, that's it, man. I, You know, Eric, we appreciate having you on, man. Um, we got to get you back on. You know, like Jordan said, you know, once the AFC North is, is kind of like, you know, halfway through, kind of we got a little feel on what's going on with the teams. Then yeah, we'll we'll love to have or whenever you're able to come back on. Actually, yeah, 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 that too, man. Jordan, I'll be in touch and uh I'll definitely be listening every week. Yeah. Keeping up and uh Yeah, dope, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh good luck to your team this season as well, man. I hope you guys bring home another ring. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You know you ain't hoping for that. You know Jordan that you know no, 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 I'm you, saying his his, 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 his high school team. You about the- his high school team. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell no, man. I've had them as a loser record. They ain't bringing home no ring with eight wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, most definitely. Hopefully, yeah, the high school team for sure, bro. Hopefully, y'all leave. You know, y'all y'all go off and win a championship for sure. Man. I coach defensive backs too, by the way. DB coach. Okay. That's right. I couldn't remember if you were the the DC or DB, DB coach. And you played in college too, right? 
Yes, I played at Pittsburgh State Division II school in Kansas. Played for a couple national championships when I was there. So we were the we were the class of D two when I was there. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, off to start when the season start, I get I get deep in the L twenty. I'm always deep in the L twenty two. But so yeah, I'll send you some some clips and things like that, and we can continue that. This we can chop it up, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank you everybody listening to our AFC North breakdown here on the Cover Zero Podcast, part of the SSAW Network. Jay, we're coming back next week with the AFC East, correct? Right. Yep. That's it. AFC East. AFC East. We got two divisions left, and then it's. Ah, that is kickoff, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Thank you for listening. Everybody take care.